Welcome to the Wags of SCI podcast, where we discuss life, love, and caregiving after spinal cord injury. Hosted by Elena Pauly and Brooke Paget. Both of our partners are quadriplegics. And after connecting online in 2017, we began the advocacy and support group WAGS of SCI, which is an acronym for Wives and Girlfriends of Spinal Cord Injury. We know firsthand the challenges that come with living this lifestyle. And our mission is to spread education, awareness, and positivity from our unique perspectives. So join us each week as we tackle deep discussions around balancing life as a caregiver and a lover to someone with a spinal cord injury. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Wags of SCI podcast. Here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Wags of SCI podcast. Today's topic is inspired by the holistic psychologist. And um, this is actually a really, really interesting topic and one that I know both Brooke and I are not that familiar with, and that is around polyamorous relationships. So basically what had happened was um, we read this very interesting post on the Wags of SCI private discussion group about... Um, a woman and her partner who had invited other people into their relationship. So this type of relationship is becoming more mainstream for a lot of people, especially like in our community. And I think it's becoming a bit more acceptable in terms of um, inviting other people into the bedroom, so to speak. So Brooke and I are very excited to announce that we will be doing a four part series on this topic because there was a heap of information. There were many, many women who came forward um, wanting to discuss, I guess, having other partners in their relationship and what that looks like for their partner with an SCI and for themselves. So um, stay tuned and hang on tight. This first part of the uh, episode will be about the introduction, what led us here, and we are really, really excited to get this podcast going and give you guys some very unfiltered, very real and raw information around this new topic. Yeah, I feel like this is one of those taboo topics that people always wonder about in the disabled community, especially. And I know that friends of friends and family of people that are disabled wonder this too. Like this is one of those things that like, Everybody thinks about it. They just don't talk about it. And it's one of those things that we thought we would get into because this is, it's, it's very, um, not only taboo, but something that definitely needs to be fleshed out and definitely needs to be discussed. So we're doing, as Elena said, a four part series on this. This is part one. But first, before we get into it and kind of, you know, describing why we were inspired to do this, just wanted to quickly send a big shout out to our episode's main sponsor, Robin Wishart of Wishart Brain and Spine Law. You can reach her at brainandspinelaw.com. She is the head advocate for the WEGS of SCI community. We've been working with her for three years behind the scenes. She's helped us with our own personal cases 
And she's helped so many WEGs of SCI and their partners across North America with not only advocacy, but finding resources in their community to help them navigate this SCI life. Because sometimes you just need an advocate, right? So she does a lot of notes of medical necessity. Uh, She works with doctors. She works with a lot of different people that you wouldn't even think you would need help from. She also is an advocate to help you with your insurance claims. So if you want to learn more about our relationship with Robin and her team at Wisher Brennan Spine Law, you can visit our website, wegsofsci.com and click on the legal resources tab. And of course, you can visit brainandspinelaw.com to contact Robin directly. We also wanted to give a big shout out to a Wag of SCI who also sponsors the podcast now. And her business is called Rolling in Paradise. And she runs this business with her partner. So it's disabled owned and operated. And they specialize in adaptive equipment for an active lifestyle. So they do everything from hand cycles to freedom tracks to accessories to power assist, standards, sport wheelchairs, pretty much anything you can think of as far as adaptive equipment, they they do. So again, they're called Rolling in Paradise. Visit rollinginparadise.com for all the information. And they're available 24-7 to answer your questions. They are also VA approved, which means they're a VA approved vendor. As always, we always love to support WEG or disabled owned businesses, especially WEGs of SDI businesses. Her name is Annalisa. So make sure to mention that you heard about them through the WEGs of SDI podcast. All right. So thank you so much to our sponsors. We couldn't do this without you guys. Let's get going with this topic. Yeah, for sure. So as we had stated earlier, we had a huge, huge amount of feedback and a whole bunch of emails and messages around open relationships and open, open relationships for you and your partner after SEI, which I found was really interesting that, you know, there was a, a different variety of people who, some who had open relationships before SEI and some who entertained the idea after spinal cord injury. Um, so that was kind of like a I don't know. I I feel like we learned a lot. So just to begin this, we kind of want to just give you guys a bit of a background on the chart that we have come across on polyamory and open relationship chart. So the first one is the term polyamory. And that is a relationship with multiple partners. I think that's the most common one that you hear about nowadays. That's kind of trending, right? Polyamorous relationships, like free to have a person come in and out of their relationship or like my boyfriends or my two girlfriends or my two wives, like you have that sister wives show on TLC or whatever. That's like, I would say probably the most like popular right now. And people just being like, oh, I'm fluid with my sexuality and I'm non-monogamous, but I have this and this. So it's like, that's, that's definitely the most common, I would say. Yeah, for sure. So then the second term we have is solo poly. And so dating oneself. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure about this one. I think it's pretty cool, but I've, I've actually never met anyone or heard of anyone who, who is a solo poly person. I just, I thought I mean, it was a I, joke at first, but it's serious. I feel like I was a solo poly person <laughs> through a good portion of my university life. <laughs> Before I met Dan, it was just me, <laughs> Charles and I, my six pound Pomeranian and I, that's it. So oh, there should be one for oh. in a relationship, in a platonic relationship with your dog. <laughs> yeah, with your pets. So then, the, so then the third term, and I feel like I'm more familiar with this term, um, which is swinging. So couples who allow partners to have sex with other couples. Mm. Um, I think that's like a very explorative 
term. Um, I mean, all of these are, but I feel yeah. like that's the most, the one that I'm most familiar with. What about you? Yeah, I had an old roommate who, um, her and her partner, they had broken up by the time we were living together as roommates, but she always talked about like their sexual conquests and they had two sets of friends that they would do this with all the time. It was like a common thing. It was totally normal for them. So I don't know. I love hearing stories about it. I've never done something like that, but I, I I enjoy hearing stories like that. You know what? (laughs) When I was still living in my old city, um, I knew I, I heard about this as well. Sort of when people would experiment with like, um, with like recreational drugs and, and they would do the swinging thing. Like I thought that yeah. was kind of crazy. I was like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I could do that, but I sort of like, was, that was my first introduction to it. And I sort of thought yeah. that's pretty wild. Right. Yeah. But, so then we move on to the fourth term, which is monogamish primarily, <laughs> primarily <laughs> exclusive relationship occasionally includes dating other people. So you are, it's monogamy ish right monogamish <laughs> so would this be like you go out to a bar and you decide that you like someone i don't know you're on a date with your boyfriend and you meet somebody and you, like how does that work i'm not sure and you know what you guys <laughs> on the very last episode we will have some guests on or a, a particular guest who will be able to explain these terms i think a little bit better to us as she is yeah. in a relationship her and her partner relationship with another person yeah and um, they will have a better idea. It's kind of like a big case study. She's coming on anonymously. So that will be um, later on in the four part series. But for this one, yeah, we're just continuing kind of using the holistic psychologist example because she actually is in a polyamorous relationship. She has, there's three of them. It's, she calls it a thruple and they all live together. But yeah. Um, so this, this chart is from her, uh, her, posting about it when she came out as in a, in a three-way relationship. Um, so, okay. The next one is polyfidelity, which is a closed group, usually including three or four partners. So I, That's I, interesting. I'm confused. Well, I was confused at reading that at first because I thought polyamory and polyfidelity were the same thing, but I guess not. So polyfidelity closed group, meaning I guess, you're in a long-term relationship or married with three or four partners, I guess. I'm not sure. I mean, I guess, I guess we'll find out more about that. Yeah. And, then the very, <laughs> and then the very last term is relationship anarchy. So this is relationship <laughs> with no rules or similarities to, to traditional monogamy. So I guess you just do whatever the heck you want. Yeah. Let your freak flag fly. That would be uh, very interesting. You'd have to have like a very, very open partnerships. I mean, like people. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is interesting because it's, it's like, so what's the difference between being single and then just doing whatever um, flavor of the week you come across, Uh, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you definitely have to have like no rules. Like, cause when you think about it, monogamy has a lot of rules attached to it. So that, that would be very interesting to not have any. Zero rules. Yeah. Zero so, well, it's just, it's just all very interesting. And cause what does this have to do with SCI? I think we should get into. Well, I think from what we've read, um, depending on your level of spinal cord injury, for example, 
um, being a paraplegic, I think that sexual function is a huge conversation. Well, sexual function in general is a huge conversation piece between people who have spinal cord injuries and their able-bodied partners. And um, I know, for example, when we were still in rehab, meeting with the sexual health clinician was a big part of your recovery and big part of your journey into yeah. What does your new, new normal look like with your partner? And one of the biggest things that Brooke and I always talk about is that 80% of relationships do separate after SCI because, I mean, there's a whole heap of reasons why, right? There's exhaustion. There is the new, the shock of the injury. But I mean, sexual function is a huge part as well. And I think you have to be able to adapt and look at all possible options, not just like, for to care or whatever, but yeah, you know, they have like penile implants, they have injections, they have Cialis, they have this and that. But for a lot of people, even those things don't necessarily allow you to, you know, get an erection or to yeah. become aroused. So I think this is also a very great exploratory way of spicing up things in your bedroom if that's what you're open to, right? So I mean. I, I find it very fascinating that you have to be, I mean, there has to be a tremendous amount of respect and understanding, first of all, to allow a relationship like this into your life. And I think the biggest thing is what we've learned and what we've heard from the women on our group is communication, just being very open and honest with what it is you and your partner are both looking for and making sure that you're on the same page. So I really like that, that communication was key and it was the number one source to these sorts of lasting relationships. Yeah. And let's talk about the flip side for a second, because I know that there's whispers of this in a lot of the posts that we have is like one of our paralyzed partner's biggest fears is, oh, you want to bring someone else into the bedroom or you don't think it can satisfy you anymore. Therefore, you're going to go look elsewhere. So there's a lot of couples like that. And I, I know when my partner was first injured, that was one of the things that, you know, it wasn't common, but sometimes he would say like, oh, you know, like I, I would worry that you'd want to go find sex, physical sex elsewhere. Right. Right. That it's is, like a big yeah, thing. Sure. For sure. And that is, I mean, Dan and I were talking about this other night and we were like, oh, like, you know, sort of introducing the topic to him of what you and I are going to be discussing for the next few weeks because he is in the house and he can hear our conversations. But I said to him, <laughs> I, I, I said, you know, how do you feel about bringing in a third party for things like, let's say, I know Trish with uh, Essential Solutions has sort of like the sur surrogate yes. sexual partner that comes into your bedroom, but they can also help you with things like, let's say your partner was into like, I don't know, bondage, but your partner couldn't, yeah. you know, like you're into that, but you can't physically do that. So then you'd have your sexual surrogate coming in to, you know, demonstrate or do these things without necessarily like doing the penis and the vagina sort of actions, but like being that extra help in a sexy way. Right. So we were talking about this and Dan was like, yeah, there would be no way that I would feel comfortable having another male in our relationship because it's yeah. like, do you really want to see it? And well, for us, he was like, I don't really want to see another man like doing the throw down and, and doing all these sexual things to you that maybe I physically can't do because of limitation of being able to stand or strength yeah. or it just make them feel so much worse. Right. So that it was like really kind of cool. Cause we just sat there and talked about both 
ways. And I said, well, I don't, I wouldn't want like a female in the relationship either. So then we, we came to the conclusion that it's not really for us, but yeah, yeah. it was still kind of cool to be able to sit there and be like, huh, what would that look like? And, and, um, there were some pretty valid points made. I was like, well, I don't really want like another female doing all these like yeah. sexual things to you because I mean, I can do these things to you. Why the, like, why would I sit there and watch for me, for me personally? Yeah. We weren't really into that, but yeah. Well, and do you think, do you think that it's the same? Like, do you think that these kind of favorite things to do or these like directions that you lean into, like, oh, inviting an, a threesome, do you think they're the same pre-injury as they are post-injury like do you think that kind of thing stays I don't know I mean like for like if I sort of like look back at a relationship it's like we didn't really have conversations like this pre-injury because it was like uh, it it didn't even come up because we're both sort of like okay well it's you and me and like yeah we know what we like and we can do these things together but I also do completely understand why why a sexual surrogate or a third party or whatever would be appetizing to somebody because there is, there's a lot that you can gain from that. But for us personally, disconnecting that relationship, like emotionally, I think that would be very difficult as well because, you know, you have somebody in such a private, intimate way in your home with you that it's, uh, for I'm a very emotional person. I don't know how it would be. It would be very difficult to not catch yeah. feelings or, you know, I, f- I mean, for us, we were just like, I don't think like, that's not even a fear for us, but we were just sort of saying it out loud. I don't yeah. know if this is something that we would really be open to right now. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I don't know. What do and you then- think? Well, I just keep thinking about how there's a, there's this, this is like a big, big fetish where like, there's a lot, especially when you're like, you know, watching porn or whatever, you see that there's like a huge category of like married couples that like the mm-hmm. man likes to record their female partner having sex with somebody else and they get off on it. So this is like a big, big thing. So I'm just, I'm curious to find out if there's like SCI couples that the, the injured person has that fetish still where he wants to like watch his, his wife or girlfriend, um, experiencing that even though he's still in the chair right i don't know well, I'm curious. That, well that might be a good poll to take for us too on our on our wags of sei instagram that's a great poll good questionnaire to take um and if you are listening to this podcast right now and you have some ideas experiences or you would like to give us some feedback on your personal experiences we are all ears and of course we would share them anonymously with our following because we are like well, like we said, this is a really cool topic. Yeah, and, and I think we talked about <laughs> exactly. And I think the the main purpose of part one of this series is to like plant some seeds and get couples talking about this and bringing your ideas to the table and bringing your thoughts to the table and like opening up those connections and being like, hmm, would I do this? Would I not do this? What would work for me? Is this something I'm interested in at all? Do I have this desire at all? Like, it's really important to examine these things because like, we're not saying there's a one size fits all solution. There isn't. It's just important to talk about this stuff and not make it taboo because like I said, this is a lot of the, you know, our partner's worst nightmares, right? But there's a lot of partners out there that probably would love doing something like this. Cause I know there's a lot of guys that <clears throat> are paralyzed out there that they're like obsessed with pleasing their partner. They like just 
like they literally like want to do oral sex all the time and they just want to make sure that you know their partner slash caregiver is looked after in that sense so like I'm wanting to hear from some of those guys like if they would be open to doing this and it's just such a it's such a nuanced discussion there's so many different opinions that you can look at there's so many different scenarios that you can play like man a man oh man it's a huge topic hence the four the four parts so basically next episode we're going to be getting into stories so we're going to be reading off some stories from our private group and we've all we've received permission from them it's going to be anonymous so we're just going to show some stories that we have from other women in our situation that have either experienced this or are thinking about it or are against it. It doesn't really matter. We kind of opened it up to everybody and we're going to do another post during this after we release this podcast to get more feedback and then kind of report back on part two. Right. So this yeah. is something we're really passionate about. Like we said, talking about all of these little nuanced things in the community that no one seems to want to discuss that are really important. Cause like, I, I don't know about you, Elena, but I've th- thought, I haven't thought that I've wanted to do something like this, but I've thought about it. And I've been like, Hmm, I wonder how many people do this. Like, it's just really interesting. Mm-hmm, of course. And it's good to sort of be, have an open mind going into this as well without judgment. Um, that is definitely the approach we're going to take. Yeah. Um, and like, and there's a lot of like, you know, there's a lot of aspects to this, like people that are very religious that, mm-hmm. you know, they might feel like they want to do something like this or not. Or what does religion have to do with this? I don't know. Like, it would be nice to hear some feedback from um, some yeah. people. And then you also, yeah. a big thing for me is like, sex is is physical but it also doesn't have to be very physical right i know we know from experience and from yoga and from breath work that like tantric sex and that kind of stuff is it's a big big thing as well so sex doesn't have to be physical i know we have a lot of impassioned people on the wings of sci private group myself included that Mm -hmm. don't believe that sex has to be all physical and i believe western society places too much importance on on the physical act of penetration than it has to i think that the emotional connection has so much more to do with it but then again that's just my perspective but i know there's a lot of women out there that also are like hey you know it's not just about physical sex you could have a polyamorous relationship where you don't even have sex with the third person or the fourth person that's in your relationship it's just specifically there for emotional support right and then and then elena what about i know we've had some messages and dms in the past about how women are you know they're they kind of joke about it but they're also partly serious they're like oh my god i would love to have a three-way relationship where i have help <laughs> yes <laughs> like, you know <laughs> like just yes. some help where we split duties and we're in a romantic relationship but we split duties exactly exactly <laughs> which we're- i'm like I, I get it, right? I get it. And then some guys are like, oh my God, another girlfriend. I can hardly handle the emotional state of my first girlfriend. So I that's mean, more along the lines of my husband. He's like, I wouldn't want to deal with like the emotional woman. needs of another person. Fuck. Another 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 person plus a big dog plus everything else. <laughs> and can you imagine the dating expenses? They go way up. I, know. No, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But anyways, if you guys have any thoughts or questions around this topic, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. Um I'm actually really looking forward to reading the heap of comments that we got from, from women. We had some even write very recently saying, when are you guys going to put this 
this podcast episode together because she's been waiting nonstop. And I mean, this topic came up quite a few months ago. So now we're, we're taking the time. We're going to really get into it. We're going to take the time. We're going to read these out. We're going to have conversations and yeah. Yeah. Dig deep, dig deep into this. Let's dig deep and we'll always remain anonymous. So if anyone has any comments, please email us wagsofsci at gmail.com. You can also DM us on Instagram at wagsofsci. Um, as always, we keep your personal information strictly guarded. And um, it's just, it's a good time to voice your perspectives because we will definitely read your perspective and we will definitely do it in a way that makes you comfortable. So if you want to contribute, please reach out to us. Absolutely. Now, before we take off here, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a teaser, which is, <laughs> which is a Wags of SEI story. So yes. this, this one I'm going to share right now because it'll give you something to look forward to. Um, this writer says, I've been wanting looking for a girlfriend for a few years now. Husband approves of, sco- of course goal is to eventually bring all three of us together he's really pushing for me to find one now wow sorry he's really pushing for me to find one now since his accident we live in a small town so that doesn't help with the search lol so this woman is writing saying that husband is really wanting her to find a girlfriend for them so woohoo can't wait to share the response to this one next week um and how many i think we've got we've got about six or seven to share with you guys next week so stay tuned check it out let us know what you think and until next time thanks for listening to the wags of sei podcast cheers